Welcome to Be Brave at Work, a podcast devoted to helping you take the next step in your workplace. Each week, we'll be talking with real people with real stories about things they have not said or done or have said or done in their workplace that required bravery. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. This is Ed Everts, and I'm the founder and president of Excellius Leadership Development. Welcome to Be Brave at Work, a podcast devoted to helping you take the next step in your workplace. I hope you'll listen to our past podcast conversations, and if you'd like to hear past episodes, go to BeBraveAtWork.com, subscribe to our podcasts, and learn some valuable lessons about bravery at work. My new book, Drive Your Career, Nine High-Impact Ways to Take Responsibility for Your Success, is now available in paperback, on Kindle, and in audio at Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and any online book retailer you prefer. Check out Drive Your Career today. Our podcast today is sponsored by Cabot Risk Strategies. Based in Woburn, Massachusetts, Cabot Risk Strategies has created innovative and customized insurance strategies for individuals and families, businesses, nonprofits, commercial real estate, and public entities. Cabot's client base continues to expand both within the region and within the markets they serve. And if you are looking for customized insurance services and solutions, contact Cabot at 800-222-5963 or visit them for more information at cabotrisk.com. I'm really excited to introduce on Be Brave at Work today our next guest. Patrick Tian is the author of a Wall Street Journal and USA Today bestselling book, Rhythm, How to Achieve Breakthrough, Execution, and Accelerate Growth, and is an award-winning serial entrepreneur who has started and exited multiple companies. Patrick founded, for example, and grew Metasys to over 20 million in sales and was ranked 151 on the Inc. 500 in 1996. He has addressed thousands of businesses globally, including the Young Presidents Organization, Entrepreneurs Organization, and Fortune Small Business Growth Conferences. As the CEO of his current company, Rhythm Systems, Patrick has helped hundreds of businesses develop their strategy and execution plans. A master facilitator, Patrick is able to tease out the right priorities and get to the right outcomes. A CEO coach, he holds CEOs and their teams accountable to do what they say and what they are going to do. So, Patrick, thank you so much for joining us today on Be Brave at Work. Hey, Ed, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I've listened to a couple of your podcast episodes, by the way. I found them very engaging, so thank you. Great. You know, some are winners and some are not as winners, but we, we do try to ensure that we teach and help our audiences know things they could be doing a little bit differently to step into bravery more actively in the workplace. This is a behavior that most of us reflect back on and don't feel as though we were as brave at work as we could have been. And that's why we have people like you here to to help us understand it a little bit further. So I did a light intro of you, and I think our listeners would love to hear a little bit more about you know who you are and how you have come to do what you're doing today. Sure, thank you. So uh, I originally came from Singapore. I came from Singapore when I was uh, 17, went to university here. I went to Cornell University and where I found my one true love. And so went home, did my two years of military service, came back to the U.S., and uh, happily married now with Pei, my one true love. For all these years, we have two wonderful daughters. So I would tell you that coming from Singapore, a lot of people ask me, hey, you know, how was it? You, you had to be really brave to come halfway across the world. And, and yes, but I got to tell you, back then, I didn't think of it as being brave. I just thought of it as I'm chasing a dream. It's exciting. 
I'm coming to a new place. And so, uh, you know, I think maybe I just had the courage to, to do that, but I didn't think of it as a brave act. I've always thought of it as exciting. And so what I've learned about myself is that I have a slightly different take on bravery. Uh, I've realized that I'm a dreamer. I believe in chasing your dream and living your dream life. And, you know, because if not now, then when are you going to live it, right? You only have one life. So, so that's kind of a slightly different perspective I have on, on bravery. I don't really know when I'm brave. I guess is what I'm trying to tell you. I just kind of chase the dream, jump in and enjoy myself. Well, a lot of us don't know at the time when others might feel we're being brave, that we are being brave. For example, when I left corporate America to go into my own independent coaching practice, it was in 2008. And I'm sure anybody who remembers 2008 remembers it as a disastrous financial yes. and economic year. And people look back now and say, wow, Ed, you must have been so brave to leave your organization and start your own business practice. And, you know, quite frankly, I didn't have a choice. I was laid off from my last company, so I had to do something different. And I really felt that it was time to start my own practice and not go back and do what I had been doing somebody, <laughs> somewhere else. So I don't think of it yeah. as bravery. I thought of it more like survival or, you know, just moving on to the next chapter. But, you know, oftentimes people do look at things we have done. And, you know, I would tell you moving from one part of the globe to the next, and we do have guests who talk about that, happens more often today than probably ever in human history. And I think it does take some degree of bravery. Did you have any family here? Did you have a, uh, no, a place to go? No, I had no family to? here. So this is back in 1981. Unfortunately, I just dated myself, gave you my age. But 1981, <laughs> I flew halfway across the world, came to the U.S. to study. And no, I had no family here. Uh, I just wanted to come here and study, get my engineering degree, and then go home. But like I said, I, I met my beautiful wife at Cornell. And so I, I found a way to, to, to remain here and to work here and, and have a beautiful life here. So it's, it's all good, yeah. Well, that's fantastic. It probably unfolded in ways that you didn't anticipate, right? So I am so glad that it worked out the way that you did. And in our podcast, Patrick, over the years, we have identified certain words that just really resonate with people when it comes to bravery at work. So in the past, we've talked about a word like pivot, and the need sometimes to do something a little bit differently than the way you had been doing it. Yes. Another key word is relationship, you know, the importance of and the deep importance of having relationships with people that you want to be brave with because the likelihood of them listening is greater. And I would tell you another word that I think is so important for us to talk a little bit about is rhythm, because I think people and I think organizations oftentimes operate in a certain rhythm. There are very fast-paced organizations that go, 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 and there are other slow-paced organizations. And my clients would say it's kind of like turning the Queen Mary, right? An overused phrase of, mm -hmm. you know, it's just so hard to get things done here. So I'm curious why the word rhythm resonated with you and, you know, from your perspective, what it means and how sure. people can think about it in the workplace. So, you know, I'm a serial entrepreneur, uh, as, you, as you introduced me. So I've been on the brink of failure many times. I've been very fortunate. Every time I've been on the brink of failure, someone helped me. Could have been a coach, could have been a friend, could have been a customer. But someone helped me and, and pulled me back. So I have experienced that failure does not come from a lack of strategy. Rather, it comes from an inability to do what you've committed to do, both as an individual as well as, as a company. So today, what we do is I'm dedicated to help CEOs not fail and instead go build the dream. So I live by this purpose. I, I coach CEOs on how to do their strategic plans. 
I have a book called Rhythm. And Rhythm really provides a framework and a process. I've found that when you can have a process and a system to help you deal with things and look at things in a regular basis, regular rhythm, it actually takes a lot of guesswork out and it probably takes a lot less courage. You know, like if you know that you need to look at your cash flow right now, you just look at it. And if you know that your cash flow isn't where it needs to be, you've got a relationship with your banker, it's less scary than if you looked at your cash flow is not where it needs to be and you have no relationship with your banker. So we want to figure out what are the rhythms that help you achieve success. That's the framework and the process. And then we have a piece of software also called Rhythm to provide the discipline for your goal setting and a framework to make sure that your commitments can be cascaded down to your teams and so that your company can be successful. Because most of the clients and CEOs we work with, they run companies with at least 100 people. So they've reached a certain level of complexity where you can't just yell across the hall anymore. Uh, and what we've found is that when that happens, you definitely need to have a system, a rhythm to guide you and your team so that you guys have consistency, discipline, and get the right things done. So we typically work with companies that have reached what I call a ceiling of complexity, you know, and, and they typically like have 100 employees, north of 15 million in, in revenues. That's when life gets a little bit more complicated. That, that's what we do in the marketplace. Yeah. Fantastic. And it's also interesting how few organizations have a strategic plan at work. They either talk about it a lot or they developed it but never use it or they've never done anything associated with it. And when we think about bravery at work, you know, I think from my past experiences in organizations that creating a strategic plan requires some degree of bravery because you may not all agree on what the next steps might be or the direction that an organization could go through. So if you were working with a client, for example, Patrick, who wasn't a CEO, but somebody at the table who is an SVP or a senior leader who might not agree or feel a little bit differently, do you have any thoughts or advice on how they could bring that up in a way that's yeah. respectful and professional without you know hitting somebody across the head with a two by four, yeah. but to do it in a way that get people to listen? So here's my take on bravery. I think that to be brave, really, when I ask myself, you know, like you said, people look at me and say, Patrick, you're really brave doing that. And I realized that in all the times when people have complimented me for bravery, I wasn't thinking that I was being brave. Really what I was doing was, I was first of all being courageous to serve the other person. So I, I believe in servant leadership and I, I, was more being, I was being courageous to really serve the other person. And so it came from a desire to serve, a desire to give value, and then a place of being very curious about the other person. And I find that usually when I'm not brave, it comes from a place of fear. Like I'm afraid that if I said something, I might annoy you, piss you off. I, I might kind of lose a friendship or I might lose a customer relationship or something. So it usually comes from a place of fear, a place of loss. Um, and fear isn't real, by the way. Fear is really that shadow that stops you from doing what is authentic to yourself. And so for me, I figured out that if we can just be courageous and think about the other person, how you can be self-service to the other person and be curious, you know, then uh, it's going to be okay. Even if it's not going to be okay, it's going to be okay. I, you know, I, I kind of think back to a story a long time ago, my very first company, and this is the 90s. I'm serving a Fortune 500 firm. They're about $5 billion in sales. And I had a relationship with them where we had a royalty agreement 
Uh, I convinced them to give me back the software that I built for them. This is my very first company. And in return for that, I gave them royalties. But I was too brave and I had a clause in my contract that said that if I did not generate at least a million dollars in sales in three years, the rights of my software would revert back to them. Okay, when I signed that deal, I thought, whatever, you know, if I don't do a million in three years, who the heck cares? I don't even want this anyway. Well, we were marginally successful, then began to take off, and then now we're raising capital. So my venture partner said, you know, everything looks good, Patrick, but this clause here, that's like, that's something that's about to chop your head off. We cannot invest in your company if you don't get rid of this clause. So I went to my client and I said, I need your help to get rid of this clause. And he said to me, Patrick, what can you give me? Give me high royalties, whatever. I had already made mistakes with the royalty. It was really too high. So I shared with him. I said, you know, I really can't give you anything. I I just really need your help, man. I said, you know, my, my life is already in your hands and you can choose to squeeze it and I shall die or you can choose to help me and I shall live. So I really need to live and, and I'd like you to just help me. And the CFO looked at me and laughed and said, so that's your sales pitch. Like, save you. That's your sales pitch, help you and save you. I said, sir, it's not a sales pitch. It's all I can say, you know, without your help, my company will die. So he, uh, he signed my deal. He said, please don't tell anybody that I did this. So I, I'm not telling you who this gentleman is, but he saved my company's life. So I learned very early on that the fear was that he would say no, right? But when I had enough courage to, to be authentic and to be honest that, hey, I just need your help here. That was probably one of the bravest things I've done where I felt like I, I had nothing to give the guy, but he still helped me. And so I think that I think of that as a turning point in my brain where I was, I am no longer afraid to ask people for help, to ask people uh, to be, to understand what they really need and to really figure out how I can be of value to them and, and how I could, if I don't know what I sh am valuable for them, then I need to ask why to figure out how we could be value to them. Well, I love that story. And we talk a lot on this podcast about the importance of ensuring that if you're going to be brave with somebody and say something potentially that they don't want to hear or won't like hearing or do something that might be impactful on others, that you have to do it under the context of helping. Right. If you're doing it to hurt people or belittle or judge people, it won't work. Right. So I'm not saying you pretend help. Right. But you have to ask yourself, you know, what is it I'm doing and how will this help others? Right. And can I use that as an entry to the conversation? If I came up to you and said, hey, Patrick, I wanted to give you some feedback on something. I think it'll be very hard for you to hear, but I really think this will help you. I think your likelihood for listening is way better than if I didn't do that. And, you know, the premise you started with a few minutes ago, which through a survey we did is shared by others, is the reason oftentimes people aren't brave is because they fear having a negative impact on the relationship. If you and I get along great yes. and I'm observing something that I think you should know and no one is telling you about it and it's not helping you. I worry that if I say something to you, you might not think well of me or even get insulted or injured. And suddenly what was a great relationship isn't. So I avoid it. Yeah. Right. Or I dance around it. And I'm wondering what some of your thoughts yeah. and observations might be on. You that. know, my job as a coach to CEOs is to oftentimes be the reflection for them, allow them to share what they're thinking. And then it gets harder as we go deeper. And then my job becomes 
to speak the hard truths to them. So again, if I'm coming from a place of fear, right, the places of fear in this example are more selfish. Like what if the CEO doesn't like me anymore? What if he does or she doesn't want to use my services anymore? So the first step for me is I got to get rid of the fear of loss. And that's why I need to have a desire to serve, serve that person and be very curious about that person. And, and so what I've found is that I have good days and bad days like everybody else. You know, some days I, I walk into a coaching session and I feel great. I had enough sleep. I had enough food. I didn't eat ice cream. <laughs> get the carbs out of there, did not eat ice cream, did not eat chocolate. I'm feeling good. And I find that when I'm in that state, I'm very present. It's like I'm Spider-Man. My spidey sense is all tingling. I can feel it. So I'm being very present. I got to be well prepared. And when I can do that, I find that the fear just kind of melts away. So now if I'm in that state of being, my customer or friend can see that. He can see that I'm, or she can see that I, I'm going to be authentic in how I'm going to serve that person. So I find that if I'm coming from that place, now I can begin to speak my truths, uh, hit them with some things, and it might be helpful to them to hear. And so what I found in those cases is I've, I've got to then, you know, give them some time to process, be slow, uh, but it's my job to push hard when we get deep. Well, I think that is an incredibly skillful behavior. And I'm just wondering, Patrick, because you do coach CEOs, why is it so hard to give CEOs constructive feedback? Why is it the last thing I would ever do is walk up to a CEO if I'm not at that level? Let's say I'm a manager or a director and had some feedback to the CEO that I think would be helpful. Why do you think it's so hard to do? I think there's two parts to that to the question or to answer the question. I think the first is, did the CEO project an image of inaccessibility? So first of all, I would say that the CEO also has to be vulnerable, has to show that, that they can build a, an environment of trust in their environment. That's the first thing. I think the second then it will be on my side, right? At the director level, again, for fear, we're afraid that actually that person may not like what we say and therefore, might punish us for that because that person has power and we don't have power. So I do believe that when you're in that position, if you're coming from a place where it's really for that person's benefit, you're going to be successful. You're going to be successful. I think, by the way, I think one of the few lessons I've learned is I've got to trust my instincts. So if my instincts tell me that, you know what, you shouldn't speak the truth right now, it may be because the other person isn't ready. And we have a saying, you know, that when the, when the student is ready, the teacher appears. So if I like to translate that into coaching, where when, when the person is ready, the coach appears. And, and if the person isn't ready, you could say whatever you want and, and that person's not going to be ready. So I've learned that I got to trust my instincts, which comes back to how I have to be present, be centered to give you my best self. And that's how I can then speak the truth out of love and compassion. And I'm doing it, by the way, I'm doing it to serve them. I'm doing it for them, not to them. So I think that those, those few lessons that I just shared could work for anybody trying to communicate with, you know, their manager, their senior manager, or, or their executive team suite folks. 
Well, I think also part of what you're saying is the importance of a relationship because a relationship has two sides. It's not all you and not the other person, and it's not always the other person, but you need to ensure something you want to say or want to do will be well received by the other person and that the other person welcomes this input or these insights from others. And so I think the importance of a relationship is super critical. Patrick, it has been great chatting with you today on Be Brave at Work. And if any of our listeners would like to find out more about your business and the work that you're doing, how can they get that information? Oh, best place is to come to my website, you know, rhythmsystems.com will be the best place to find me. And we've got tools that can help you for free as well there. So please, uh, please visit and allow us to serve you. Great. And your book that you mentioned earlier is called Rhythm, How to Achieve Breakthrough Execution and Accelerate Growth. Yes, thank you. And that's on Amazon easily, easily available on Amazon. Fantastic. Well, Patrick, thank you so much for joining us today on Be Brave at Work. Thank you, Ed. And to our listeners, thank you for joining us today. And we hope you join us on our next podcast conversation as we further explore being brave at work. We also remind you to subscribe to our podcast at bebraveatwork.com and or download and listen to our podcast on multiple online platforms. We are everywhere. Our podcast today was sponsored by Cabot Risk Strategies, whom you can reach at 800-222-5963 or visit them for more information at cabotrisk.com. And a reminder to check out my new book, Drive Your Career, Nine High Impact Ways to Take Responsibility for Your Own Success, which is available in paperback, on Kindle, and in audio everywhere online. Do you have something to say, yet are not saying it? Do you have something to do, yet are not doing it? Now is the time to be brave at work. Have a great week.